Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restricting diet. And in today's episode, I have a topic that's very, very near and dear to me at the moment, and that is how to know when you should cut and when you should bulk. A lot of people, they kind of feel confused. They're not sure if they want to gain a bit of muscle, if they want to drop a bit of body fat, and they end up accomplishing neither because they try to do both at the same time. So on today's episode, I describe, first of all, at what body fat percentage should you decide when you should cut and when you should bulk? What are some signs and symptoms that it's actually time for you to cut or to bulk? And for me, for instance, I know that it's time for me to really go into a bulking phase because fatigue, recovery is an issue, energy levels sometimes that get lower, and I've just been relatively lean and too lean for too long that I know that I can benefit going into a gain phase. For someone else, they might benefit from doing a cut because their body fat level is too high, they feel a bit lethargic, they don't feel confident in their clothes. It's gonna be different for everybody. I speak on nutrition strategies for both cutting and bulking. So you know exactly the amount of calories, the macro that you need to be eating for either or. I didn't speak about in today's episode, how your training should vary when you're cutting and when you're going through a gaming phase. We didn't speak about the transition from going from a cut to a bulk so you don't regain the weight. That's probably going to be the most beneficial part because a lot of people, they have no problem losing weight. It's actually kind of maintaining that long term and not having the dreaded yo-yo effect where your weight just drastically fluctuates up. I then speak about just dealing with the psychological factors, which is actually very important to navigate when you're recording in bulk, because I'll just speak, I speak about it more in today's episode, but I, I spoke openly before about my, you know, balance with body dysmorphia and attaching a lot of my identity to how I look in the mirror. But if you're going on a gaming phase in particular, you have to give yourself permission that, yes, there's going to be an increase in muscle mass, but there's also going to be an increase in fat as well. And you just have to give yourself permission to do that and mentally be in a good place to actually accept that. So we'll just speak about some of the challenges that I've had with that and how I have been overcoming that and reframing that as well. Plus much, much more. And there's also a free giveaway towards the end. So be sure to listen out for that. But that is all for the breakdown of this week's episode. How to know when you should cut and when you should bulk. Go into detail on this one. Have a pen and paper at the ready ton of value in it and hopefully you enjoy the show so if you do enjoy the show please make sure that you are subscribing so subscribe on whether you're listening on apple whether you're listening on spotify and please do subscribe also if you get value from the show don't forget to tag me on my instagram my instagram handle is at mac lifestyle fitness so adrian mcdonald on instagram and my handle is at mac lifestyle fitness that's mc lifestyle fitness but that is all for today's intro hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the lifestyle Lecture show Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald. On today's episode, I want to talk about how to know when you should cut and when you should bulk. So I was recently having a conversation with one of my clients, Simon, and Simon is someone who is currently undergoing a bulk. And as I would say, he's earned the right to bulk. But when we were initially having the conversation, Simon he was being a bit too pushy, if I'm being honest. He wanted to transition into the bulk too quickly when I was more so recommending him to continue on with his cut just because genuinely I don't feel his body fat percentage was low enough 
for him to actually do a cut. So Cudden and Bulkin, it's it's a hard one to navigate between because what I will say is when you cut, you'll be spending all your time wishing you were bulking because you're eating more calories. When you're bulking, you spend a lot of time wishing you were cutting because you look better, you look leaner. Well, it's important to understand when to navigate and when to know how to how to decide effectively when you should cut and when you should bulk. So cutting, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a phase where the main goal is to lose body fat while maintaining as much muscle mass as possible. That is the key. If you just lose weight, but you don't maintain your muscle, you just become a smaller, skinnier fat version of yourself. This is the reason why so many runners, and I'm not, you know, dissing on runners, but so many runners, if you look at their body, they have that skinny fat physique because they do a lot of cardio. They typically don't have a high protein diet and they generally don't do a whole lot of strength training. So whenever they do lose weight, they tend to just become a smaller, skinnier fat version of themselves. Whereas your goal should always be when dropping body fat, to maintain as much muscle mass as possible. On the other hand, in bulking, it's a phase where the main goal is to gain some muscle and also just understand that with gaining muscle, it also might come with an increase in fat gain. Not might, it will come. Now, the ratio of muscle to fat that you gain, that's going to have a big, big impact or be dictated a lot, should I say, by your nutrition and the type of food, your macronutrients, your micronutrients and all of that. But it is inevitable that when you do bulk and when you do gain a bit of muscle and gain a bit of weight, there is inevitably going to be a, a, a increase in fat as well as an increase in muscle. All right. So as I was just going back to Simon, he wanted to he wanted to bulk. He wanted to bulk. He wanted to bulk. He was asking how long he set a time frame. So he was in a cutting phase for a couple of months. Just because his body fat percentage when we initially started out, it was probably well above the 20% mark. I would say he got down to roughly a, a 12%. And at that stage, then just looking at him, um, had good defined aesthetics in his midsection. His waist was coming in. He was looking leaner. He was feeling, feeling really, really good and feeling very, very confident in himself. It was at that point that I knew that now it is time to pull. Okay. But first of all, what are some signs he should actually cut? So cutting and bulking, look, there's no hard signs. There's no hard rule that says you have to look a certain way and then you should cut or you have to be a certain weight and then you should bulk. It's going to be different and individual for every person. So a lot of it will come down to your own personal standards. For example, I have a standard for myself. I will never let myself get above probably 13%, 13, 14% body fat, 15 would be my limit. Like that's my limit for me. If I get above 15%, I'm doing the cut. That's just my personal standard. Other people, they've no issues at all being at 15, 16, 17, maybe even upwards of 20%. So part of it just depends on your standards and part of it just depends on your goals. But what I would say for cutting is, um, a recommended body fat range before you should consider cutting. It's probably if you get in that 15 to 20% if you're a guy, 25 to 30% if you're a girl. At that stage, I would say you're probably at a good point that you should cut. Um, again, though, it does depend on your start point that if you're somewhat new, you might already be at 15 or 20% body fat and you just go straight into a cut. But for a lot of the listeners here, you probably have at least some element of gym experience. You've been lifting a couple of years. Um, you know, maybe your body composition has changed slightly. 
you probably have never got a full defined six pack. You've probably never got too overweight. You're probably somewhere in the middle. So for anyone there in that bracket, what I would say is maybe that 15, 15 to 20% for a guy and 25 to 30% for a girl is when I would recommend that you should start doing a cut again, but everyone is different, but that's just a general time frame. Now, also other signs like performance plateaus that God, you're not really sure if you're a maintainer, you're not really sure if you're gaining, but you're not really doing much in the gym. Your weights aren't improving, your weights, um, your lifts aren't improving, you're not feeling leaner, you're not feeling stronger, you're doing neither really. That might be a sign that look, you should commit to one or the other and not try to do both. Um, and maybe just personal aesthetics and feel as well. That how you feel and look in the mirror and psychologically too, that if you just wake up every day and you're feeling God, I feel a bit overweight. I feel a bit fat. I don't like the way I look in the mirror. Um, I'm seeing a lot of body fat. I'm seeing my face look a bit chubby. I don't feel as comfortable in my clothes. That can also just be a sign that you need to do a bit of a cut. Um, and this was a conversation I just having recently, actually this week with one of my clients, Stephen. And Stephen went on a cutting phase for about 12 weeks. And now he's 12 weeks, 12 odd weeks into his bulking phase. But um, we were just having this conversation. He said, honestly, man, even though at the time I was doing the cut, it was difficult. I was in a calorie deficit. He said he'd have no problem taking his top off and just he'd feel 100% confident no matter what the setting it on. Not saying that he did that, but just if that opportunity was there, if he was at a beach or anything, or he's even saying just walking around the house because he works sometimes remotely from home. He'd have no issues at all walking around with his top off. Whereas now he's about 12 weeks into the bulk. His calories are at 3,500. Um, and he's his weight is very, very slowly increasing, um, which is a frightening thing that I'll have to bump him up even more. But he just says with all the volume of food and the amount that he's eaten that he doesn't just feel as good. He feels a bit bloated um, with, the, with the food volume. He doesn't feel as lean. And that sometimes he doesn't feel as confident. So what we're going to do with Stephen is we're going to continue on doing a bulk for probably another eight weeks. And then that will lead us nicely into the Christmas season. So as of recording this, it's the last week in September 2023. And we're going to do this for the next eight weeks. And then we're going to do a mini cut, which is where we'll just focus on doing a bit of a cut leading up to the Christmas period because it'll probably be over consuming calories there slightly with night outs. Um, you know, events, alcohol, etc. So that's one way to navigate it. But that's also a factor too when you should decide when you want to cut. Just again, personal aesthetics and how you feel and your own body confidence in yourself. Okay. Then what are some signs that you should actually start bulking up? So if you're underweight or you're too lean, you know, there is a risk associated with being too lean. It's not optimal for your hormones, um, your energy levels as well and your recovery. So you could be feeling constantly drained, no sense slower recovery after workouts. Um, you just feel a bit lethargic. You feel maybe mentally you're not able to think as clearly. Um, they're all signs that you should start bulking. And you just lack a lot of muscle definition. So, you know, you don't have a whole lot of visual, visual strength or visual muscle there in your body. Um, your body composition maybe isn't great, you feel a bit skinny, you look a bit skinny, you can just go straight into a bulk. But also then if you're too, if you're just too lean and you're very, very lean and your energy levels are very low, 
and I'll hold my hand up. I've been guilty of this in the past of just wanting to stay too lean. And as a result of this, sacrificing some potential muscle gain at the expense of my own body dysmorphia and just wanting to look good and my aesthetic. So there is a lot to be said that, you know, if you are too lean and your energy levels are very, very low and your recovery is low and mentally you feel fatigued and you can't think as clearly, I'm basically describing how I felt during prep because <laughs> I encountered all of these things. That is a sign that you should actually go and start doing the bulk. All right. Finally, then transition between each phase. So this is an area that a lot of people never talk about. Well, what happens when you go from um, transition from a bulk to a cut? or a cut to a bulk. So I'll speak more so about transition from a cut to a bulk. And what you want to do there is you want to do something called reverse dieting, where you gradually increase your calories um, to prevent excessive fat gain. And I'll share a story which might blow some people's mind. But after I did a photo shoot a couple of years back, I went down and I cut my calories to as low as 1600. Poverty calories, I know. All right. Inside 12 weeks, I increased my calories from that 1,600 to 2,900. But the funny thing was, my weight actually decreased. I was lighter eating 2,900 calories as I was eating 1,600 calories. So that was my most successful method of reverse dieting to date. And reverse dieting essentially is that when you're finishing that cutting phase, you want to minimize the amount of fat gain that you encounter. You want to maximize the amount of muscle gain. And you want to increase your calories slowly and strategically. A mistake a lot of people make is they just go right way back up to their old calories that they would have been having at a heavier body weight. But just remember, a lighter body typically burns low, less calories than a heavier body. And let's just say you started a cut at 80 kilos, you got down to 75 kilos. Your maintenance calories at 80 kilos is going to be higher than you are at 75 kilos. So that is how you prevent the yo-yo, the dreaded yo-yo effect where you just rebound, you regain the weight by reverse dieting. Um, also as well, it's important to understand you don't always have to be cutting or bulking. Sometimes you can just be in a maintenance phase. And I sometimes say maintenance can itself be a form of progression because, you know, maybe you have holidays coming up or maybe you have, it's Christmas, it's the Christmas period, or maybe it's just not a time where you're willing to commit to one or the other, or you just sometimes need a holding phase. And the holding phase is where you're not focused. So you might be transitioning out of that cut into the bulk, or you might be transitioning from the bulk into a cut, but then you might do a holding phase where you're just at your maintenance calories. You're happy with how you look, all right? You're happy with your body fat percentage, and you might hold there for maybe four weeks before deciding, okay, time now to go back into a cut or time to go back into a bulk. So you don't always have to be doing one or the other. Sometimes it is okay to have a maintenance phase. Other And just look, I'm aware a lot of the listeners of the show, all of us, we're working jobs, there's stresses in your life. If you have maybe a, you know, your, your partner or you're about to have a child or something, a big, big family event, or you're going for a promotion, or maybe you're going through a breakup, you know, it's probably not optimal to go into a cut or a bulk in either of those things when, there's a lot of external stresses in your life. And during those phases, you know what? A maintenance or a holding phase might work best for you. Okay. So now going on to actually um, nutritional strategies for each phase. I'm going to start out with cutting a cutting phase. So 
Um, when you're in a cutting phase, obviously you need to be in the calorie deficit. So let's just say your maintenance calories for you to maintain your current body weight is 2,500 calories. A calorie, a 20% calorie deficit would be you eating 2,000 calories a day. In other words, you're eating 5,000 less or 500 less calories in your maintenance, which means you will drop body fat. If you're unsure how to calculate your maintenance calories, just simply Google search TDEE calculator. Input your details and it'll give you an estimation. Look, it's not perfect, but then you can just, you know, um, stay at those calories for a week or two, assess your progress and then increase or decrease them accordingly. All right. Macronutrients then. So once you have your calories, let's just say 2000 calories, your macros then, protein is going to be the most important macronutrient, particularly when you're doing a cut, because first of all, protein is going to help you preserve your lean muscle mass. And secondly, it's going to help you stay fuller for longer. And um, fats, then they're important for your hormone health and carbs are important for your energy. Typically, when someone is doing a cut, again, it depends on what calories you're cutting at. But if someone is doing a cut, I usually go for something like a 40, 40, 20 split. So let's just say, for example, you're cutting at 2000 calories. That'll be something like 200 grams of protein, 200 grams of carbohydrates and roughly 45 grams of fat. The reason I like that approach is, again, it's twofold. First of all, protein is going to help you preserve lean muscle. Secondly, it's going to help you stay fuller for longer. Carbohydrates, then, they're going to help you, you know, have as much energy for your workout as possible. And then with your fats at the 45 gram, I typically find that it's probably the one that you just want to keep at a baseline level that, you know, for your hormonal health, that you don't want to ever go too low and you don't want to ever go too high with fats. I find particularly works well for clients in the cut, which is why I just do the minimal effective dose. So usually your body weight, um, 0.5 to 0.6 times your body weight in grams. So let's just say you're 80 kilos, 0.6 or 0.5 of 80 kilos would be 40 grams, 0.6. You would multiply, that'd be 48 grams. That's roughly a guideline that I like to use for fats. Um, also important now, this is so, so important when you're doing a cut, is your micronutrients and hydration. Three most important things when in a calorie deficit are protein, fiber, and hydration. The reason being is because the goal of being in a calorie deficit, I always say, should be to eat as much food as possible by staying within your calorie limit. And a good way to eat as much food as possible while doing that and staying fuller for longer is obviously doing something what we call volume eating. And that's eating foods that are and very, very filling that aren't very high in calories. And they're protein-rich foods, so lean source of protein, like chicken, like white meat in general, white fish, very, very good, and even lean steak print. Um, Then that'll be your fiber, so fiber, particularly non-starchy vegetables, so um, your spinach, your lettuce, your broccoli, your cauliflower, your carrots, all of your veggies there in particular. And then finally, hydration. How often do you mistake being just dehydrated or being hungry with being dehydrated? So if you can have a good protein intake in a calorie deficit, continue to eat a lot of vegetables in particular and stay hydrated, it's a very, very good and effective formula for staying fuller for longer and not going to bed starving. On the other side, then, nutrition for bulking. So obviously you want to be in a calorie surplus, all right? But you don't need to be in a huge calorie surplus. Again, it is context dependent. Everyone's going to be different, but I would generally recommend something like a 5 to 15% calorie surplus. So let's just say, again, your maintenance calories are 2,500. A 10% calorie surplus would be eating 250 extra calories. All right. 
A 15% would be 375 extra calories, whereas a 5% would only be 125. I typically recommend um, a 5 to 15% of your maintenance calories increase by that. For a lot of people, it's just bumping up your calories by maybe 300. And um, that's typically a general, you know, decent guideline. And going back to going back to my story with your metabolism, as your maintenance calories increase, so too should your so too should your gain in calories. So let's just say, for example, that your maintenance calories when you started out your bulking phase were twenty five hundred. It's not unnormal for the, your maintenance calories to increase to twenty eight hundred. But if you're eating at twenty eight hundred, um, which you think is a bulk for you, but you're actually only maintaining, you should really be having an extra three hundred calories and eating at thirty one hundred. So typically your maintenance calories will will adjust as you bulk and as you cut and it's important that you 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 what you call it you cater for that in your calorie surplus or in your calorie deficit then what i will say is macros for bulking protein is very very important and i would recommend typically two grams of protein per kilo of body weight so you're a guy you're 80 kilos times two 160 grams you don't need to go much higher than that but what I would say is the big, big ma the ma macronutrient um, would be carbohydrates and really, really pushing those because carbohydrates and pushing those for a bulking phase, it's just going to help you use those that extra carbohydrates. What do they do? They give you energy and use those for your workouts to get the absolute most out of it. Because what's so important of bulking is two things, calorie surplus and also your training. And your intensity you're bringing to your training, which I'll speak about in a moment. But the more intensity, the more effort you can bring into your training, the more the the greater the amount of muscle you're going to build, and it's going to minimize the amount of fat you're going to gain. Remember, the goal of doing a bulking phase should be to gain as much muscle and as little amount or the least amount of fat. That's going to come from your training. That's also going to come from being in a calorie surplus. And finally, the difference between clean bulking and dirty bulking. Dirty bulking is a silly and stupid thing to do. I'll say that again. Dirty bulking is a stupid thing to do. Why would you want to gain so much fat and look like a freaking piece of bubble gum and not be able to function and not be able to look good or feel good when you're gaining? Your, your nutrition, yes, you don't need to be as strict as you are when you're doing a cut, but there, it's just silly people dirty bulking and just having you know a gallon of milk and a bowl of cereal and just having takeaways and all of that you're just making the job so much harder for yourself whenever you do a cut again so i would say apply the 80 20 typically when you're doing a bulking phase that you know 80 percent are coming from single ingredient whole food 20 percent of your calories from more um you know processed foods if you want to call it that okay but you know, I, I don't I don't recommend essentially doing a dirty bulk because it's really just in my opinion, anyone who does a dirty bulk, it really just tells me they lack discipline and they just want an excuse to eat a lot of chocolate, to eat a lot of processed foods, to eat a lot of junk, to have a lot of takeaways with the excuse being that, yeah, I'm doing a bulk, bro. It doesn't really matter. This is the gaining phase that I'm in. All right. You still need to have discipline when you're doing a bulk, not as much as when you're doing a cut. But if you want to eat like an adult, eat like an adult. If you want to eat like an asshole, eat like an asshole. But you're not going to look the best after it. So that is why I don't recommend doing a dirty bulk. Finally, then, um, one thing that I would recommend, though, when you're doing a bulk, and I was just having this conversation with Brian, the client of mine yesterday, 
And again, he's someone who's doing a gaining phase at the moment, but he's finding it hard at 3,200 calories to, to eat all that volume of food, given that he's only 65, 66 kilos. But one thing I actually told him was to lower his vegetable intake, to lower his protein intake, and just to keep those at a maintenance level. Because going back to what we said with a cut, the goal of being in a cut should be to stay as full for long and to eat as much food as possible while staying within your calorie deficit. But if you have to eat a lot of food and a lot of volume of food, and you're just eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of broccoli, a lot of boiled white potatoes, a lot of oats, a lot of lean meat, you're you're filling a lot of gaps there. And it, it might seem like you're eating a large volume of food, but you might be eating a large amount of calories. So that is why sometimes it's good to not have an overly high protein intake and to not eat a lot of vegetables when you're bulking because otherwise it can be hard to get all the volume of food in. And another little tip that I would give for anyone in a bulking phase is try to drink some of your calories. So um, I recommend my clients, they have my post-workout Mac Lifestyle Shake, which is essentially one scoop of protein, 100 grams of oats, a banana, and you mix or blend that up. But you can, you can, get, you can you know, add more volume to that if you, will, if you wanted. So you could just have one scoop of protein, 200 grams of oats. Um, you could put in some nut butter there. You could put in some oil. You could easily make that a thousand calorie shake where you're just drinking it rather than eating it because it's easier for our bodies to digest and consume our calories when we drink them versus eating them. So they are just some nutritional strategies for bulking. Now I'm going to speak about train adjustments for both cutting and bulking after I take a quick sup of water. Whenever, whenever I talk for too long, I was the same when I was teaching. Um, my mouth just becomes very, very dry. And I just feel sometimes I I slur my words. And that's why I need to stay hydrated too. But now going on to train adjustments for cutting and bulking. So starting out with cutting. Look, there's no real difference, what I would say, between training for cutting and bulking. There's a few small deviations. So, for example, you still want to prioritize strength and maintaining your muscle mass. You probably will not be able to gain a whole lot of strength. You probably will notice that your lifts, they're probably not going to increase. You might, and you should be able to maintain them as best as possible. You might potentially drop a small bit in performance-wise just because you have a decrease in calories, but you still want to stay as strong as possible. So you're still going to be lifting weight, all right? Now, you'll need to be doing a bit more cardio typically. So the... The recommended cardio that I rec um that I would suggest for anyone doing a cut would be just low intensity steady state. So that could be incline walking on a treadmill, that could be elliptical, that could be a bike. Um, it could be a run as well. Just what I find with running is it's more taxing on the body. It's long. It takes longer to recover. And typically after a run, you tend to be very very hungry, and you might actually eat back an excess amount of calories and put yourself from being in a calorie deficit to a calorie surplus. So I like something like 30 to 60 minutes of low intensity steady state cardio, whether that's on the bike, um, incline walking, on the step master, some people like to do on the elliptical, choose your cardio yourself. And then finally, yeah, just managing fatigue then is going to be a big, big thing as well. So you cannot always add, add, add and simultaneously subtract. So if you're taking away calories, you can't always expect to add a lot more training volume. You want to do the minimum effective dose of, um, dose of volume in the gym, which is what amount of training, what's the least amount of training that I can do 
that's going to help me maintain your muscle mass. That's going to be different for everybody. Whereas with your, when you're bulking, then um, and progressive overload is going to be very, very important. So your lifts should be going up during the session. All right. You want to be focusing on, you know, getting stronger with that, adding more weight to the bar, being able to do more reps, um, improving your technique, getting more volume in. But you should be able to, you should start seeing strength increases over a over a cycle of training of maybe four, six, eight weeks, however long you're doing your training phase. And that's also then it's so, so important. You're actually giving your body enough chance to rest and to recover in between because you can only train as hard as you recover. And just think you actually don't gain muscle in the gym. You gain the muscle outside the gym when you recover from it. So when you train very, very hard, let's just say your body's baseline state, it decreases and you actually go into a phase where your body now has, it feels a bit weaker, all right, because you've pushed yourself that bit harder in the gym and you're in a recovery phase. And only when you get out of that recovery phase and you go back to that maintenance phase again where your body is fully recovered, you will be able to push your performance in the gym again. But if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not eating enough food, if you're not managing your stress and you're just pushing, 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 but not giving your body a chance to rest and recover, you're not going to encounter the maximum amount of muscle gain. All right. So it's important that you actually prioritize rest and recovery in both the cutting and a bulking phase. But bulking, the big thing is training intensity. And that's why I recommend with your food that you push your carbohydrates around your workout so you can really bring that intensity. All right. Finally, then just um, a few other things. So mental and emotional aspects to, to, to think about when you're cutting and when you're bulking, because look, I'll admit myself that I've had my own challenges with body dysmorphia and I've always been married to just being super, super lean year round. But when I shift my focus and put so much attention on how I look, I sometimes move away from actually how I'm performing. So this time around, now I'm doing a bulk and a gain in phase and I really want to commit to it. And I do know that I'm not going to have the aesthetically visual, visual abs that I would have had during my bodybuilding prep. And I really love being lean. Like, I really like being lean. I like the way I look. I feel very, very confident. But if I'm always this lean, I'm just leaving a lot of gains in the table because I train hard in the gym. I push myself quite hard. But if I'm not eating enough food to actually gain muscle, it's kind of like, you know, you're trying to catch, you're trying to accomplish two goals, but you end up accomplishing none at the same time. And for me, at transition I made when dealing with body dysmorphia was focusing on how my body can perform rather than just how I look because when you're stepping up on stage or when you're just focusing solely on your physique you're sometimes your own worst enemy and you notice every little flaw you notice that little bit of stubborn belly fat around your love handles or around your lower lower belly there you'll notice that you know that small bit of chest fat that you have that you want to get rid of but if you shift your folks away from your physique and how you look to how you perform that okay you know what i want to focus on getting stronger at the deadlift on you know doing a 50 kilo weighted chin up on maybe getting 150 kilo squat whatever it might be when you shift your folks away from just solely how you look to what your body can do and how you can perform it's a nice way to first of all transition from a cut into a bulk and secondly to deal with body dysmorphia, that there's more to you than just how you look in the mirror. There's more to anybody. There's more to you than your current body weight and just your aesthetics. Because 
as attached to all as I have been in the past to how I look in the mirror, you have to remember that your body is always going to be changing and you're not always going to look this way. So you have to give yourself permission sometimes to gain a bit of body fat, but that's where reframing comes in. And just reframe it as an opportunity for you to gain muscle, to look better in the long term when you do a cut again because you'll have more muscle mass to fall back on. All right, so you just have to, you know, wave through the psychological aspects of cutting and, and bulking. And again, as I said before, when you're cutting, you spend so much time wishing you were bulking because you're eating more calories. When you're bulking, you want to spend all your time you wish wishing you were cutting because um, you look leaner. And that's just a lifestyle lifter of, of someone who goes to the gym pretty regularly and you just got to navigate that. All right. Um, so every season is an opportunity for growth and refinement and just stay committed. All right. Understand the process, that progress isn't linear. Sometimes, you know, you might be stagnated for a while, but you just got to push through and, and trust the process, whether you were cutting or bulking or just maintaining. All right. Um, finally, then some frequently asked questions that I get is, first of all, how long should each, each phase last? So with a diet and phase, depending on your body fat percentage, I would say, for most people, typically 12 to 12 to 20 weeks. But the thing with calorie deficit that no one ever talks about is you can be dieting, but you don't have to be in a calorie deficit for 12 weeks. Like, come on, that sounds freaking miserable, which is why I recommend incorporating diet breaks every four weeks or so. And think of a diet break as you're just taking a little break from being in a calorie deficit and you're going back up into a calorie maintenance phase. And diet breaks work well. Let's just say um, I work with a lot of teachers now and what I'm going to be doing for any teachers that I work with is put them in a diet break during the Halloween break next month or maybe at Christmas time at those periods of the year where, look, let's be real. You don't really want to be in a calorie deficit. So you just want to be focused on maintaining. And I find diet breaks like a four week diet, one week diet break approach. That ratio typically works well or maybe five weeks in a calorie deficit, one week at a diet break. It works well just for your mindset, for your motivation and for your desire to keep in, and stay going um, in your calorie deficit. Because being in the calorie deficit for, for so long, if you know you've got to be there for 20 weeks, that's a lot of time. But if you know you're just there for five weeks, you're going to take a week off, you're back on it again for five weeks, another week off. It just breaks up the cycle that bit more. All right, then when you're bulking, again, I would say any gain in phase three to five months minimum. But for one of my clients, Brian, because he's relatively new to the gym, I'm, I'm telling him now we're committing to this for 12 months just because at his position, at his body fat percentage at the moment, he's always just been training, 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 doing lots of cardio, four gym sessions a week, and then eating only like 2,100 calories a day. So I want to give his body a chance to actually build muscle. Now he's feeling stronger. He's feeling more athletic. He's feeling leaner. And I'm just telling him that we're going to commit to this for a year. Now, again, we might do a mini cut here and there, like I spoke about with Stephen, that if you feel your body fat levels are too high, you might do a mini cut for two to four weeks in the gain in phase before going back into your calorie surplus again. Again, it's going to be so individual. I'm just speaking to the masses here. All right. And finally, then, can you recomp, which is losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time? And the answer is yes, typically in three scenarios, four scenarios. Number one, if you're a newbie and you haven't any experience at all in the gym, you can definitely do both. Secondly, if you're detrained and you might have taken a break for like a year or two and then you're coming back into the gym, you're typically in a good position after returning from a long layoff that you should be able to gain, build muscle and lose fat simultaneously. 
also if you are taking steroids um you will be well you're in a better position at least to be able to gain fat or gain muscle and lose fat simultaneously and finally if you were skinny fat um a physique that i would have had myself typically people who are skinny fat they have a faster metabolism because if they didn't they would just be fat rather than skinny fat and that's not shaming anyone who was overweight or anything that's just usually the way it is and typically people who are skinny fat they're in a good position to lose fat and gain muscle simultaneously all right so that is all for this week's episode so i hope you got a lot of value from it first of all you know whether wherever you are in your transformation journey you might be wondering should i cut should i bulk Hopefully you understand now the, the body fat percentage ranges for cutting and for bulking and when you should decide to do one or the other. Um, and then we spoke about as well about the training, the calories for the training and nutrition for both cutting and bulking, dealing with the mental, the psychological side of things, the body dysmorphia. And we spoke about as well about the importance of maintenance phases. And just sometimes you don't need to be doing one or the other and you might just be maintaining. We spoke about diet breaks. We spoke about mini cuts. We spoke about a lot. So hopefully you got fatty from the show. And if you did get fatty from the show, the just please pay the fee. All right, I put a lot of time, put a lot of effort into these podcasts and the fee is very, very simple. It's not monetary. It's just value exchange. So if you did learn something new, if, something, if somebody you know would benefit from this or this just made you laugh, made you think, change your perspective, please share the show. All right, share the show with a friend. Word of mouth is a really, really powerful method of growth. And secondly, please subscribe. I am noticing an increase in subscribers every week. And I've been told by someone who is big in the podcast game that the best way to get your podcast to grow is to increase the amount of subscribers you get. So please, if you're not already doing so, I would appreciate you subscribing. If you want to learn more about me and what I offer, so my Instagram is Mac Lifestyle Fitness. So that's MC Lifestyle Fitness. Um, and also then I'll post links to my website about working with me one-to-one. But for anyone listening this far, I have a free giveaway as well, and it's called the Skinny Fat Fix. Because as I mentioned, when you're skinny fat, you're typically in a decent enough position to cut or to bulk, but often people are unsure which one to do. So I've actually created a free giveaway where I speak through your training, I speak through your nutrition, how to navigate your calories, how to navigate your protein, and I put it all together in an ebook, which a business mentor of mine I'm working with thinks that I should be charging for, but I'm telling them I'm giving it away for free. So I'll post a link for that as well in the in the show notes. What you want to do is you just want to click the link onto it. This is going to be applicable whether you're listening to this in 2023, 2024, or 2030. Okay, I'll post a link there. Just click the link in. You input your email, and then you'll be sent the the ebook. And hopefully you get value from that. But that is all for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening, Lysa Lifters. Hope you enjoy the show. And until next week, I hope everyone has a fantastic week.